Welcome to a new episode of Obsessed with ABGs, Aspirations, Boardrooms, and Goals. I'm Kimberly in Canada. And I'm Reina in Germany. Being friends halfway across the world isn't stopping us from talking about our careers, Asian identities, and life in general. We're basically each other's hype woman, and we want to be yours as well. Welcome to Obsessed with ABGs. Happy recording day. Happy Sunday. For those who don't know, we do record on Sundays. Happy Sunday, yeah. everyone. <laughs> yeah. Sundays used to be like my, you know, when I got my Sunday blues. But since we started recording this, it's actually made me really happy. It really has. We talked about it in season one. I would like to reiterate that in in, in this season because um, I thought for sure, you know, after a while it would feel like a routine, but it does not feel that way at all. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Although you did message me last Sunday being like, hey, I'll record with you in 20 minutes. And then you were like, wait, no, never mind. Today's not a recording day. <laughs> it is so part of my Sundays now <laughs> that I literally had set up. I sent you a picture of my setup. You too. did. Yeah. I'm like, I had said, and then Matt, my husband goes, are you recording today? I'm like, how do you know my schedule? <laughs> 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 and I was like, oh, shoot. And so I messaged him like, never mind. I realized <laughs> yeah. today, that Sunday was our recording day. So I got it right today, though. Yay. Awesome. And, you know, which actually brings me into our topic that we wanted to talk about today, which is on friendship. So one of the reasons why I look forward to recording with you on Sundays is not just because I really like our podcast, but because, you know, friendship is really important to me and getting to do this podcast with you means that we get to have this like friend time you know yeah it's so true yeah like catching up yeah exactly yeah it's like partly yeah so you know for our listeners kim and i usually get together and then we catch up for like 45 minutes on both our lives and we talk about how to set up the show and all that and yeah it's just like catching up with a friend plus recording all of it <laughs> Also, she's like, she also gives me like a mini pep talk to like a, a coaching session. I always walk away with like a sort of, huh, that's what I'm going to do with my life. Aw, <laughs> thanks, Kim. <laughs> There's just like, Raina, it's like a little like coach's corner for me. It's like, you know, when you go in for training with your coach and you just walk away like a, oh, okay, I got, I got this. I can like talk of the week. It's like an exclusive coach's corner. Yeah, exactly. Well, and here, and so, you know, with you, bringing up friendships i think especially us being in covid mm -hmm. and being on lockdown i think we've now looked at friendships not just ours but friendships that we have with other people under a new light yeah definitely we, we talked about hobbies and like what to do to keep busy and to stay interested and you know all that stuff and it's like oh well we can also you know have that same conversation with friends definitely especially when um one of my hobbies is friends, <laughs> talking to friends, hanging out with friends. Like that's a hobby of mine that I haven't really been able to do physically since COVID started. So, you know, it's it's just been really different. And some mm -hmm. days are really hard where, you know, Joe and I say to each other, I really miss Toronto. Yeah, I miss Toronto too. I really miss our friends. Yeah, I miss our friends too. And like, we just talk about that for like, I don't know. We went for a walk yesterday and we probably talk about that for an hour, how like we miss our friends and we miss Toronto. And I think a part of it is like, 
you know, loneliness. So for, you know, if we have any new listeners, Joe and I moved to Germany about a year and a half ago, and I am a, an extrovert. I really love people, and I recharge my batteries by being around people. I like friendship. I like connections. And it's been harder to do that in another country, and especially with COVID. What have you been doing in, you know, because you've been in Germany for what, a year, over a year and a half now? Yeah. Two, two years? Year and a half. Yeah. So in that year and a half, how have you been maintaining your friends? How have you been making new friends? Yeah. So, you know, it's funny how you bring up making new friends because as adults, it's a lot harder to make friends, right? Right. When you're younger, you're in school, you have after school activities, you've got, I don't know, ballet on the weekends or <laughs> all of these like organized activities where you kind of naturally make friends because you're mm-hmm. just in that environment where you're sharing something in common with other people. But then as adults, you have that at work, but I think that's really different. So to answer your question, Kim, um, Joe and I've made friends through his work and my work. Like our colleagues have become really, really good friends of ours. I've made friends through my coaching program, but I've never, not never, but I haven't really seen them in like in person because we've all been trained online. So, oh, right. Yeah. So I've created a lot of new friendships that have purely been online. And I think a lot of people right now, especially with the pandemic, are depending on the internet to either make or cultivate new relationships or friendships yeah. or maintain those friendships. For example, we were talking about an online board game nights, uh, like virtual do you still drinks. Do those? Yeah, occasionally, like actually, so this is Sunday we're recording. So on Monday, I have a virtual uh, catch up with uh, two girlfriends of mine. And then Tuesday, it's another set of a virtual catch up. It's FaceTime. Um, and then on Thursday, we have, oh, this is so nerdy of me, but I'm just going to, you know, bite the bullet and share with the audience. And okay. I have joined an RPG group, a royal role playing group, like Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. It's, it's very similar to that. And I've never, okay. never done it before. And a friend of mine, my old roommate who lives in Bank, uh, British Columbia now, invited me to join because they are like the, I guess, the game master and developing the story. And they thought, Kim, you'd be so interested. Um, we're going to make this like a very Sailor Moon-esque style story. And <laughs> that's those, where they got you. That's where I mean, hook, line and sinker. So now every other Thursdays at eight o'clock, I join our RPG group. <laughs> Good for you. Which has been a great way to also maintain this friendship because ever since they moved away, it's been very hard. And sometimes we will go like a year without talking. Yeah. Uh, so this was a great way to keep up with the consistency. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. What about you? Recently, I haven't really had like game nights. Like I think in the in the beginning of COVID, we used to have those a lot where we would play Jack in the Box or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know? I love But that. around Christmas time, I played um, Among Us with friends over Zoom, or we were like talking on Zoom, but then we were playing Among Us on our phones. Right. Um, my sisters and I have um, played some like Nintendo Switch games together. Um, but yeah, I you, think you're into Animal Crossing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I got into Animal Crossing. Um, but I think a lot of it have also been like phone calls while I'm on a walk 
in the park mm. or something. So recently, I got to catch up with a really good, um, actually, a mutual friend of ours, Kim. Um, wh- while she walked in like super sunny and cold Toronto, I walked in cold, but you know, not as cold. Um, you know, where I am in Germany, and then we just like walked and talked for like an hour and a half. So it was oh, like you know, you know, catching up and also getting some exercise, which was really great. Um, I have a few girlfriends who also work in Europe where we try to make each other take breaks during the workday. So one of us will message the group and be like, hey, I'm going to go for a walk in an hour. Um, who else is, you know, ready to take a walk? So we'll all just like stop wa- working and then go for like a half an hour walk and then we'll try to have a conversation while we walk. So this breaks me to a great point. Now, do you... Do you do these these things now to one maintain your friendships, but also because you crave that, you know, time with the friends and to you know because you know, there's this void, right? I think we're all facing this yeah. void. In in those conversations, what is it? What's going through your mind? It's like catching up, and I don't know. I've been, I, for myself, I walk away and being like, I wonder, I wonder if we feel closer now. I wonder if this is helping our friendship. You know, like I'm, yeah. little, I'm just being a little more retrospective, and I'm curious to know yeah. how you feel walking away from those conversations. That's a good point. I never go into these, you know, conversations or game nights or anything thinking like I'm going to maintain our <laughs> level of friendship, and I don't think you do really? either. <laughs> I, I, you know what? The last six months, if, if, I didn't put a word to it, but now that I think about it, I, I have. Oh. But I guess it's not a bad thing either. Because, like, you know, when often in, like, the media, you see relationships, like, you know, romantic relationships, if they're going going through some rough patch, either one of them will say, like, I need to put more work in. Yeah. We need to, like, create, like, a date night. So yes. I, I guess in a way that can totally be applied to a friendship as well. I, I think it's good to have those conversations. So. You know, let's let's bring it to a professional here. We, you know, Raina have been talking about friendships for quite a while. And so she brought up uh, a book by Shasta Nelson called Frentimacy. And Shasta is a motivational speaker. She, she has this very popular TED Talk that kind of breaks down friendships in three key components. Um, and for those who are listening to the podcast, we will put the links all in the show notes. Um, and it's really funny because Raina had sent me a screen grab of the formula that Shasta ha- talks about in the TED Talk and in her book. And so she breaks down friendships in these three uh, components. And if You can't picture it. It's a triangle. You know, you have consistency on one side. So C and then vulnerability on one side of the triangle, which is a V. And then at the bottom, the base level is positivity. So the positive experiences that you create with these friends. And that is the the holy trinity, the trifecta of friendimacy, of making friends, keeping friends. And also, you know, like if you want to develop these friendships, you need to put all three in. You can't have consistency and positivity and not be vulnerable. You can't just be vulnerable and positive, but not have the consistency. If you guys meet like once every two years, then how intimate are you being as friends? And so we kind of look to this model because we've been talking about this, you and I, Raina, for so long. That Mm -hmm. was like, there has to be, you know, I don't want to say a formula for it, but there has to be some breakdown of maintaining of this, of something easier for us to look at and be like, that's that's how we can make friends. This is what I'm this is what I've been developing. And I just don't know how to put this in words. I think friendship and Shasta mentions this in one of her talks too. It's not like we ever talk take a class on how to create friends. 
of how to maintain friendships. So and true. so, right? And so we all just like naturally do it because we're, you know, we just do it when we're kids. And then as adults, like I was saying earlier, it's a lot harder. But when you look at what makes a friendship good or work or what makes a friendship intimate, and when we looked at this triangle, it just kind of made sense that you've got, you need positivity, consistency, and vulnerability in order for that friendship to be an intimate friendship. Yeah. And, and she also brings up a very great point on, um, she has a statistic and I, I don't remember what it is off the top of my head. Um, but she does t- that there's a good chunk of us who are either dissatisfied or, and what we talked about lonely, even yeah. though they are surrounded by people or may have a lot of friends. Um, and, and then she was saying how most of her findings, if they were to score their friendships from one to 10, a lot of people scored five and below. Yeah, I think it was like in the high 70s or something, wasn't it? Yeah, which was surprising to me. With I mean, that's that's a huge percentage of people dissatisfied with their friendships. Um, and this is like pre-COVID. This is not like a talk from like, you know, the last year. That's such a good point, because now yeah. I'm wondering where does that percentage now lie in COVID? Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't have any stats on that. And I feel like it could be separated into two categories. One is that, yes, people are absolutely feeling a lot lonelier because they can't see friends in person. But I think there's also an angle to COVID where because everybody is home and we're all sharing this terribleness of COVID, that um, some people have reached out to people that you they otherwise wouldn't have. Oh. Just to like catch up and like, Almost use it like not as an excuse, but as a reason to be like, hey, isn't this really like terrible? How are you doing? That is a great point, because like I mentioned about the RPG group that I joined, it kind of also stemmed from COVID. And I don't say if COVID didn't happen, we would still will not be doing this or will. I don't know. But I felt like COVID was a great way for us to who would have thought I was use COVID as a great way. But COVID was the the pinnacle of making the decision whether we should the RPG or not. Yeah, yeah. So I think it definitely has opened new ways to friendship. But I think if you look at it overall, I bet loneliness is like even higher now. Let's address loneliness with the friend intimacy formula. Let's, and we could break it down too. Uh, when we were messaging each other back and forth, we talked a little bit about vulnerability. Yeah. And I, I do find it's very hard to be vulnerable with people one you've just met, mm-hmm. you may not know, or maybe friendships that have been long going that's never uh, passed that threshold of vulnerability. And like, how do you rectify or how do you c- combat loneliness or try to overcome loneliness when? Sometimes you might not be able to tell a friend, hi, I'm lonely. Yeah, I think that's totally legit. And I have always had trouble being vulnerable and showing my vulnerable self. There's and also a Berkman test on that, too. You mentioned yeah. <laughs> in our past episode. There is, yeah. And so since becoming a coach... I have retrained myself to look at vulnerability in a different light. And I've done, you know, I've read Brene Brown's work on vulnerability. And so I feel like, you know, this is a very subjective opinion on myself, but I think I've done a better job at being vulnerable Mm. and being able to show my vulnerable self without insecurity. How have you done that? I'm so curious, like for those who are for wondering, how did you get through that threshold? Was there some sort of like mantra that you told yourself? Was there, was it just sheer through coaching and talking to others? 
I wish I had something really wise to say here, but <laughs> no, there was no mantra, but I think it was going through coach training and having to be vulnerable and go mm. through that myself in order to coach people. So, you know, I love that because, you know, sometimes it's not, it doesn't have to be this deep, this deep thing or this traumatic thing. It could just be like, I, you know, it's practice. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah, totally. Have to practice. It's a yeah. muscle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think the same thing can also be said about um, like empathy as well. I think vulnerability and empathy can go hand in hand sometimes. You want to find good friendships, strong friendships, not just superficial ones. You have to, you gotta have to, you need those components. Like I don't yeah. think you can, you can go without being empathetic or vulnerable because then you're not creating something intimate. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, on the consistency piece, I don't know if I fully agree with that because, you know, those friends who you don't talk to for a really long time, but when you do talk, it's like you, there was not even a second of yes. a gap. Yes. However, she does talk about this and, and, cause I, I agree with you, but she does mention, she's like, then you realize though that that consistency component changes the dynamic of your friendship to, of like, oh. so let's say, let's say, um, it works for your friendship, like the consistency. Yeah. But there has to be a level of like, we need to at least meet once every year yeah. to maintain the status quo of our friendship. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like there has to be some sort of mutual agreement between yeah. the two friends that are established in this like business partner. It's essentially like a business partnership yeah. that we at least touch base because yeah. I've been in hot water where I thought both parties were fine with like once a year catch-ups. Yeah. And I made the mistake that that was just on my side, whereas mm. the friend needed more. Yeah. And I realized that was the breakdown in our consistency. It was that I assumed, you know, we don't have to meet every so often. And they assumed we should or else we're not really friends. And it made me realize I don't know what's going through my other friend's mind. Ooh. I don't know how they how they establish friendships. And I don't know if they see me the same way I see them. Yeah, because friendship is kind of subjective. It's definitely, it should be a two-way street, but it is subjective. You know, when we, so we've been talking about the lack of consistency in this frentimacy trifecta. And when it comes to the other components like vulnerability and positivity, you know, even if you see a friend consistently and you're being vulnerable with them, if they're constantly, I don't know, being negative or like nagging at you and like oh, there's no yeah. positive like impact on it, then I think, you know, it also can break down, right? Oh, so she, so she mentioned, Shasta Nelson, the author, yeah. mentions for every negative experience you have in any relationship, romantic, friendship, fam familiar, um, you need five positive experiences to outweigh that negative experience mm. so if you have five negative experience with that friend you need to develop 25 positive experiences oh my god that's right. a lot yeah so you know like you, you have to make sure that the positive outweighs the negative and i thought that is such an amazing thing because how many times do we look at romantic relationships and you're like does the good outweigh the bad that's always one of the things we always say like yeah. oh is this is this partner is the good outweigh the bad? then you look at you're like well that's the same thing for your friendships yeah why do we only say that for romantic relationships? Why not we say that about yeah. friendships like and, yeah. and things with your family? Like you should make you should go out of your way to make positive experiences. And yeah. you know, positive experiences could be anywhere from just checking in. How's your day? You know, 
Like it's it does- like the being seen that Shasta talks about, right? It, right, exactly. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be grandeur, but it can be. But if you're going to put like a negative um, experience out for someone or if someone gives you a negative experience, there needs to be a counterbalance to that and it has to outweigh the bad. Yeah, that's a really good point. Really good point. And then that last piece, um, going back to vulnerability, you know, I've had friends in the past who were consistent and like positive, but they wouldn't share any of their vulnerable sides with me. Mm. And at times I really wondered whether I really knew them on this like intimate level. And so, you know, I never questioned it with that person. And, you know, it's it's a it's a fine relationship, but maybe it's just not an intimate relationship. So maybe there's a difference there where, of course, you can have friends, but in order to have intimate friends, these are the tr- three things that you need to have. Yeah, and it'd be interesting to see how that friend sees you. Yeah. Like, do they consider you a close friend? Because maybe you're the one who's the more vulnerable one, and they're not. So it's like... They're getting the consistency, vulnerability, and positivity from you, but you're not getting that from them. Yeah, yeah, that's enti- yeah, that is entirely possible. Like maybe they are being vulnerable with me, and I just don't know it. Like their vulnerability threshold is higher, lower. <laughs> Which is it? Oh, that's a good point because, like, at one point, you get all the vulnerability from other one other person, but you don't put it forward. Yeah, where are you on that spectrum? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is mind boggling. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, this activity has made me um, look at friendships uh, in a more quantifiable way. That sounds awful to say that, but I think it makes me just think more about my friendships, the effort that I need to put in, the effort maybe I haven't been putting in and being more critical about myself as a friend and being more critical about others around me. Because the last thing I want is, especially as we get older, um, you know, and I and you see this all with our friends who are having children and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's impossible to maintain every single relationship you have in yeah. life. Um, and so now you're kind of looking at your closest friends um, or the type of friendships you want. And you're like, do I just want superficial friendships or am I OK with this? But I'm missing something else. And I need to find that somewhere else. Maybe it's not that they're superficial friends, but they're just Lower on the intimacy scale. Ah, good point. So shall we go into that component as well? Yeah, let's do that. So uh, Shasta also has a great YouTube channel. So I've been I'm going through uh, several of her videos. And one of her uh, main components is how do you know when to walk away or fight for a friendship when things are going awry? Ooh, that's a really good one. Yeah, it's a hard one because, you know, sometimes it's a fight that makes you force you to ask these questions. But sometimes it's just distance or you don't know how to reconnect with a friend. Um, And it's like, how do you know when to go in and salvage that friendship or when to walk away? And so the frentimacy triangle, back to the triangle, when you look at it and you divide it into five tiers. So, you know, let's say one is at the very top and then five being at the very bottom. Mm-hmm. Right. If you are in the tier of five to three, she recommends that it may not be not necessarily worth fighting for, but you can walk away a little bit mm. more easy because, mm-hmm. you know, it's not as high on the intimacy scale or the friend mm-hmm. intimacy scale. If you are in tier one and two, and so this is the top echelon of mm-hmm. the triangle, then it is 
worth it for your friendship, for the time that you put in. Um, and it's it's worth it to fight for it. It's worth making the effort to salvage it because you have developed that strong intimacy and it is a friendship that you should put in that effort for. So how can you assess, let's say like, you know, you've got friendship A. How do you assess where that friendship A falls in those five tiers? So it goes back to the vulnerability, the positivity and the consistency, right? So it's true if you, and I, I hate to say this, but if I have a friend who I only see once every five years or whatever, every few months, I may not fight as much for that friendship as someone mm-hmm. who I see a little bit more often, mm-hmm. right? Just because mm-hmm. by sheer consistency, if we haven't talked in over how many years, not to say I don't five love years. you, yeah. yeah, then it's like what, you know, how do, maybe it is what it is and we call it for what it is and we don't have to assess it. But if you want to repair that friendship, that's the question. It's like, do you want more? Do I say something now? And if you if you don't have that answer, then maybe you have to like have that discussion with yourself before you bring yeah. it up with a friend. Yeah. Um, and then there's a component too of is one of the three missing or is all three missing? Ooh. So for example, if you decide you want to engage in this conversation with a friend and you're you're missing the positivity, it's like we meet each other often. We have like our regular brunches or whatever. We meet quarterly um, and we sh- we share these really vulnerable stories. But I'm walking away feeling like shit <laughs> uh-huh. or I don't have a great positive experience. Maybe I feel gaslit or it's all about it's one sided or, you know, maybe it's only one person sharing vulnerabilities and, you know. If I'm not walking with positive experience, then maybe maybe we should assess this friendship. Maybe it's it's not it's missing. But yeah. she says when you decide to engage in these conversations, let's say you're you've decided, okay, we're gonna try and work this out, address one of the three vulnerability, mm-hmm. consistency, or positivity. So let's say, you know, I've addressed positivity. Let's say you're meeting up with a friend and you're like, We don't meet up as often as I'd like. What's going on? Maybe that's what you talk about. However, Mm. if you have to discuss all three, then you need to break down where they are on that hierarchy. I feel like there's so much to think about, but it makes total sense. Yeah. For those, again, everyone makes sense. We'll put it on our website. Um, Yeah. The the frontimacy scale, uh, the triangle of frontimacy. Like you'll see where that all works out in the formula but it's true because if you are missing vulnerability consistency positivity and you still consider that person the top of your frontimacy you need to take a step back yeah and i wonder um when we talk about the triangle and the five tiers and all that i have been thinking mainly about my female friendships but when two let's say like you know two heterosexual men we're in our seats right now talking about this, what it would sound like. Would they also have the same realizations as us? That's a great point. And I think this also goes back to like, you know, toxic male masculinity or the yeah. the idea of heteronormative. Nor, yeah, I can't say it. Heteronormative. Thank you. <laughs> but talking, that thing. That thing. But like this, the space for men and friendships and intimacy. And you see a lot of, you know, you hear a lot of this, this idea of men not talking about their feelings or shouldn't be able to talk about their feelings. I do see that firsthand with like an older generation. It's like they just don't want to talk about their feelings. And I, I hope that, you know, that men now are looking at frontimacy as something positive and not something to be scared of. Yeah. 
I think that, yeah, goes back to like the vulnerability piece. It is a lot harder to be vulnerable and admit to being vulnerable, especially maybe when you are a man. I can't generalize that, but. No, it's it's true. And I, I do think. My husband, for example, uh, he called up one of his his buddies just to like call check in. How are you doing? And I'm like, that is so sweet. You guys did that last week. Yeah, they did like a whole FaceTime. I'm just sitting there like eating my cereal being like, I'm here. Hello. (gasps) But it was really cute to see two like guys. Yeah. Just checking in and they weren't being super vulnerable. But at the same time, there was was a positive experience for both of them. Yeah. And I think there would be plenty of men out there who would be like, why? Why would I call them up? If something was wrong, they'd tell me. So that actually happened to in one of his conversations. At, it was a work conversation. And they were just joking about like, guys don't guys don't just call up friends. That's weird. And Matt was like, that's weird for you guys. It's not for me. <gasps> Good for Matt. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised. I was like, you really say that? He's like, yeah, I don't I don't see how that's a bad thing to calling up one of your friends. And that made me feel really good because I'm an only child. So I don't have like default family members or siblings to kind of just have around. And because like they're family, they'll always be there. Like I have to take that extra step to maintain those and have. So knowing I could just call up a friend and knowing that my husband feels the same way just made me feel really good. That's really sweet. So it was great to see that from a male perspective. So I hope if we have any male listeners that. You don't feel intimidated by the frontimacy scale. <laughs> yeah. And if the recipient of that phone call is like, why? Why are you calling me? I, I, don't, have nothing, I don't have anything to talk about. Then I feel like when they have to look at the scale or like the triangle, they have issues with, um, I don't know, I guess vulnerability in that sense, right? Yeah. And do you really want friends who aren't going to be vulnerable with you? I don't know. That's something question. That's a rhetorical question that yeah. you listener. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Or maybe it's that if you have friends who don't get vulnerable with you, that's fine. It's just that they're not an intimate friend. Exactly. Oh my god. So that now you're 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 kind of digging into the point of like, okay, what are the type of friendships do you want? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you know, recently I was having a conversation with uh two girlfriends. Um they both live in Europe and we've been friends since middle school. And one of them was talking about how a friend that they made during university, they call them um, or they call her her best friend. And she was taken a little aback because she was like, it's not that she's not my best friend. She is definitely one of my closest friends. But as an adult, I feel uncomfortable with making new best friends because I've already had best friends. Mm, I feel it. I get it. Yeah, right? So you know, there was no clear cut answer to that. There's no right or wrong. And that just made me think about how friendship, again, is quite subjective. And, you know, you don't want to be hurt just because of labels. But I think, I think, especially as women, like maybe best friends and like that concept of it is something that we do think about. That is true. And like, realistically, it's like, why can't you have more than one best friend? Yeah. Right. Like, why do we and I think it's also a sense of loyalty. Right. Well, here's the consistency part. Right. Yeah. Right. Like consistency could also mean by time. And if you know someone from middle school, they already have like 10 plus years on the university or like, you know, um, Mm -hmm. on your college friends or 
you know, if you've known someone a lot longer, it's just by sheer time, they have more experiences together. It's hard. It's hard to negate that. Yeah, definitely. So again, yeah, there was no answer to that. But I just thought it was an interesting thing to think about, you know, as think about best friends as adults. Especially if you've been the type to make new friends in different schools and different places you've lived in. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, because with some people, you make friends once in high school and then those are like your best friends forever. But then you also have people who make friends at different stages in their lives. Right. And I'm sure like once you get older, kids play a different factor in that location. Right. Like all of those will change and people grow and change to who's to say that what you're holding on to in middle school or elementary school or whatever, you guys still have the same positive experience, the same level of vulnerability, same value alignment. People grow and change and that's okay. Yeah. 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 That's such a good point. And a couple years ago, I just, it, this just came to me a couple years ago. I was talking to one of my, um, old colleagues who was a professor who who still is a professor but has become a really good friend of mine he's a man in his 60s and he and his wife never had kids and um he was talking about friendship one day and he said that yeah naturally all our friends that we are really good friends with are couples who also don't have kids it's not that we have anything against people with kids but the things like the activities that they do together the topics mm. that they have to talk about I guess that just kind of like narrowed it down to other couples also without kids. Well, they have the same shared experience. They could yeah. probably go on vacations together without having exactly. to worry about their children. And they just probably have more things to talk about that you can exactly. relate to. Like you're talking about empathy originally. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard to empathize 100% if you don't have children with yeah. those who do. Right. Yeah. Um, not to say that that's going to break your friendships, but it makes sense that you are going to find more like minded people in your 60s that so happen to not have kids if you do not have kids as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. I'm actually having a hard time. And this is just as this is like a value alignment. This is just difference in, in generations and values. But, you know, my in laws, for example, they value family, which, you know, I completely understand, but they, they mm-hmm. value that. At this point in your life, you should be having children right now. Mm. You should, you've been, especially for myself, man, I have been married for what, five years now? Um, and we're, we're, we don't have children. And so this is where our conversation happens with his, with my in-laws. It's like, when are you guys going to have children? Yeah. And it's hard for us to have these conversations because we're not in the same alignment right now. Yeah. Uh, not to say yeah. we will never have kids, but I'm just saying like, yeah, it's hard to talk to people who are there. And are, you know, expecting you to have them and then you being the person who's not. And, you know, I have a lot of my good friends having, you know, decided to have kids right now. And part of me is like, oh, wow, like this is a different, this yeah. is a different component now in our friendship. Not to say I don't love them any more or less. I'm just saying it's another piece in our conversations that we've yeah. never had to talk to about before that now is a big part of the conversations. Totally. You kind of hope that you grow together and you hope that, you know, you will be able to maintain the triangle, the holy trinity of friend intimacy. But it, I, I am a little scared and maybe I'm putting that out there. Like, I am a little scared that that's going to change things. And, and my fear is, what if I never want kids? Am I going to lose my friends? Mm. That's a legit fear I have. Yeah. Well, thank you for showing your vulnerability with us. I know. Part of me is like, oh, Kim, don't cut that out because that's really good. But part of me really <laughs> wants to cut it out. <laughs> But I'll leave that up to you. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's true. Like, you know, I, 
I do value my friends and I am scared that not just them having um, children, but them, you know, hitting a different period in their life. And I'm yeah. not going to be able to relate with them, not yeah. from the sake of not trying, but sometimes yeah. you just can't. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was a couple months ago, I, I was just messaging with a friend, a, a friend in Japan who I went to high school with. And she was like, you know, what's going on? What's new with you? And I said, oh, you know, Joe and I moved to Germany about a year ago. And, you know, COVID's been tough, but we're, you know, enjoying our jobs and, you know, feeling lucky that, you know, we can do what we love to do. And how are you doing? And she was like, well, you know, I've just been so blessed with having my daughter. It's the best thing that I've ever done. You should try it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for the tip. Um, yeah, I, you know, I've seen pictures of you and your daughter and like, you know, it looks like you guys have a great relationship and like, you know, it's so beautiful to watch. And she was like, yeah, it really is. Honestly, it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. I have not given any thought to going back to my career because I think it's like detrimental to being a mother. Um, and so, you know, it, like you really should like start thinking about having kids and like, you know, forget about your career. And uh, and then I was like, oh, yeah, thank you for the the unsolicited advice. You do realize as also I'm a career coach. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, you know, I ended that conversation gracefully, or I tried to at least, but I couldn't help but think like, was she trying to, um, like, what was she trying to, do with that you know what i mean <laughs> sorry the more i think about the funnier it is it's like what was her end goal for this was this just like to get more people to be on her level i guess or maybe she was feeling insecure that she chose motherhood over career which is totally fine yeah you know you can do both or either or you know there's zero judgment but maybe she was feeling kind of like crappy about not having a career like she had to like rub in the fact that you know or, or maybe she's genuinely happy with that choice and she wants other people to join her that's true right yeah that's a, that's a good way to look at it it was just very forceful <laughs> you should try it <laughs> like like buying a puppy <laughs> yeah 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 tried a great bubble tea the other day you should try it <laughs> a yelp review 11 yeah. out of 10 stars yeah <laughs> would try again <laughs> I'm on my fourth. <laughs> but it's it's true. Like you you wonder, you're like, oh, oh, hold on. What what level of friendship do we have now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and so maybe this brings me to a good point where friendship also has taken a different shape since since social media started happening, like, I don't know what, ten years ago now, mm -hmm. right? But lately I feel like some friendships are just solely built on sharing memes. Oh, yeah. I see what you mean. Or just like sharing like funny TikTok videos. It's like you send them the video like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, that's it. Lol. Right? Or like just like double tap, like it, and then you move on. And then you don't talk about anything else, but you share memes because you know that that person's going to like it. You know? So maybe then that's not an intimate friendship, it's even friendship. though there's consistency. <laughs> Oh, you're right. You know, you're so right. Yeah, like, we we share positive, yeah. consistent moment moments, but that's it. That's it. So I guess because it's missing vulnerable, 
And it's also missing like a huge conversational piece. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Instead of like, oh, hold on, someone died in your life. I didn't know that. But here's a funny meme. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> here's some cute puppies. Or like you, you find out something traumatic has happened in their life. You're like sad face on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And you're exactly. right. You're like, or how close are we as friends? No, it's so true because social media has created the sense of loneliness for a lot of people and they yeah. don't know why right you could have thousands and thousands of subscribers likes whatever a lot of engagements online but are they filling that void of loneliness in your life probably yeah. not yeah yeah right exactly and on the flip side you also have a lot of people who have these digital friends yeah. uh, or digital communities that has the trifecta of consistency vulnerability and positivity but they probably never met in real life yeah yeah definitely definitely but yeah like on the memes thing, because I live in a very different time zone from most of my close friends, when I wake up and I have like Instagram notifications of like memes friends have sent, that makes me really happy. They're yeah. just memes, I know. But the fact that they were like thinking of me in that moment, they saw that cute little goldfish getting, I don't know, picked up by some penguin or something. That's nice. Like, oh, thanks for thinking of me. Aww. See, and it's, it's different for me because I don't check my social media often. So I like, really respect that about yeah, you. Yeah, like sometimes I'll go without seeing a message or a meme or a post and then the video has been taken down because it was only up for like 24 <laughs> hours. I'm like, I wish I could laugh at that, but I don't, <laughs> it's not available anymore. I miss, so, so like. So you're lacking consistency of logging into social media. Yeah, the consistency part's not there, but actually could infuriate some of my friends because for mm. them, that was their way of reaching out and I, oh. I just, yeah, haven't. See? This triangle has really effed me up in many ways. <laughs> I'm telling you. Cause like now, thanks, Shasta. Thanks, Shasta. But oh, one more thing too, because I, I did, I remember message, messaging you specifically being like, I also don't know how I feel about everything about this because sometimes friendships don't mean as much to other people. They're fine not having oh. friend-to-mate moments. They're fine by themselves and i i also thought this is for a specific subset of people maybe a lot Mm -hmm. of people but i also want to say like some people are fine being by themselves and i think maybe maybe the problem is that we're putting too much stock on people oh that's just like my critique on that because who's to say just because you're by yourself means you're lonely that's true right or just because you know maybe you don't need to make 10 friends or five friends maybe you just need the one person in your life mm. right and it doesn't have to be friends it could be your a friendship from a spouse that's true or your kids right or you but know then at the same time that is also quite one way if that spouse that they feel right. like you know is like their only intimate friendship what about that spouse like maybe they don't have the capacity to reciprocate reciprocate 100 percent of that Oh, and it's a lot of pressure for them too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I actually seen that firsthand. Um, they they make that one person their world. Yeah, and then when something happens, whether it's a breakup or some God forbid they die, then what? Right? Yeah. You see parents, you know, go through the empty nest syndrome because they have made their world their children, and then yeah. when the kids are out of the nest, what do I do? Who do I connect yeah. with? It's just me and my husband now, or me and my partner, and now what? Do, what do we have? Yeah. So it is interesting to see like, okay, like, 
what level, how many friends do you want in your life? What kind of intimate relationships are you establishing and how much do they mean to you? I think those are all questions everyone needs to like ask themselves. Yeah, exactly. And we're not saying like to go and keep a Google spreadsheet of like, you know, friends like listed in some chart and like numbering everybody. That's not what we're condoning here. But, you know, if you have recently had an experience of a conversation or like a friendship with someone where you had to kind of step back and question like, huh, like what is happening here? I feel uncomfortable or feel like they're not, you know, reciprocating or is this toxic? Are, are they gaslighting me? Then I think this is a really good triangle trifecta formula to apply to it and look at it kind of objectively. Yeah. And you know what she mentioned too, actually, you know, we talked a lot about your friendships with other people, but she talks about this two-year-old nagging voice of being feeling slighted or wrong in certain yeah. situations. Yeah. You know, you kind of have to look at yourself and be like, what kind of friend am I being? Right. Because she had talked about sharing a brunch with some friends and they've all talked about their life, but they kind of skipped past her. And she went to her car being like, they didn't want to talk about my life. And then she kind of called herself out. She's like, hold on, if I'm going to use this friend to see the, you know, these three pillars, did I become vulnerable with them? Was I being vulnerable? Was I sharing? Did I not speak up? Because had I said something, I know my friends would have been like, oh, I'm really sorry. Please share. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it wasn't that they skipped over her intentionally. It's just that, you know, they had gone to talk about someone else's related experience and they just accidentally forgot to ask her. Yeah. And and that's that level of like, you need to also assert yourself and speak up. You can't expect everyone to just know your needs, know what consistency looks like for you, what vulnerability looks like for you and and know what those positive experiences are for you. I'm not a mind reader. So like, you kind of have to also set that standard and have an honest conversation. And I, I really enjoyed that part of her video because I made it made myself made myself look in the mirror and hold myself accountable of what kind of friend am I mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right and yeah. if you and if you're a person who has a hard time making friends per se it's like mm-hmm. okay well I think you also need to hold yourself in some sort of responsibility or capacity mm-hmm. and see what are you holding back what are you doing that may prevent you from establishing those relationships oh that's a powerful question yeah and if you're still really confused, I highly recommend taking a Berkman test because <laughs> not to just plug myself in here, but it does a really good job of assessing how you see yourself and how other people see you. And and that's just an angle that we don't really get to explore in our day to day lives. You're not going to just go up to someone and be like, hey, how do you see me? How do I come off as? That's a really scary ask. I, unless you're high on my friend to me scale, then I can ask yeah, you that. That's true. <laughs> like, I'd ask you that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, because we are intimate friends, I would be comfortable asking you that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, So it's funny that you mentioned the Berkman test because for those who don't know, go listen to se- or one of our episodes in season one. But I did the Berkman test. And ever since I did that, I actually now stop and ask, am I being me in a typical Kimberly usual behavior usual behavior or am I being like like what part am I on that scale am I being usual Mm. behavior Kimberly or am I at like low level this is not me my needs are not meant you know Mm. awful Kimberly I don't know so part of me Mm. always now wants to be like excuse me how are you responding to this moment right now because I don't are my needs being met or not oh it's really bad actually not bad it's good but like I'm so much more cognizant of that because of the Berkman test. And I think 
I think self, I think this goes back to being self-aware. Yeah. Being, you know, sometimes these personality, ta- personality tests makes you question yourself in a good mm-hmm. way. And that will help your friendships. That will help mm-hmm. your, like, relationships. Like, you can't expect to ask these things from a friendship if you don't know what you need. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. Self-awareness, objectivity, mm-hmm. all of that. Yeah. Because, right. yeah. like, and you, and as a friend, you should also reach out to those who you think, who are on the high echelon of your intimacy triangle and see what they need you owe it to your friendship to make sure you're like am i being vulnerable are they being vulnerable with me are we sharing positive experiences not to say it's a tally right yeah exactly it's not a spreadsheet it's not but you know there is are you putting in more positive experience than negative Mm -hmm. and if you're walking away being like "Ooh, that was really uneven or i don't think i left them with a really good feeling if i continue doing that i may lose a friend there there are repercussions in a relationship I think if you, I, I think That's people, good point. you know, people are in this, this, I'm going to take them for granted uh, without meaning to. And then they kind of just hold on to like, we've been friends since middle school. Yeah. Hmm. That's, That's not enough. That's such a good point. Yeah. 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 Such a good point. So here's an example of a friendship that I had during university. I had moved to, so we were doing university in Mississauga in Ontario, Canada, and I did a summer summer course in downtown Toronto at St. George campus, which is like our University of Toronto main campus. And um, while I was subletting this apartment, I made this one really great friend from the summer course. And we just got on so, so well. And uh, he he was like a male friend, right? And my boyfriend at the time also met him and it wasn't, you know, like a romantic friendship or anything. It just purely was friendship and we just got along so well and then even after I moved back to Mississauga after summer school we still kept in touch and we were great friends for like a year or two but then we I was messaging him but then he wasn't really responding back anymore and I really reached out and I really tried a couple of times but it just kind of dissolved and I never really got an answer as to why it dissolved and why or what happened And I still sometimes till this day think about it. And, you know, it's been so long that I don't remember if I said something wrong or he said something wrong or anything. But from what I can remember, there was nothing bad. It's just that it dissolved and he stopped responding to my texts of me reaching out. So when I, you know, when we were talking about the um, triangle of this, I started to think like, where in that triangle did this friendship fall short and maybe it was the consistency piece because we just never saw each other anymore and so he just didn't really care for it anymore I don't know I feel like I was still vulnerable with him but maybe I wasn't enough or maybe I was too much of it I don't know we'll never know I guess that's really interesting because now it's like how many of those do we have yeah I will never know Matt was telling me something about that, too. He had a friend in university, same thing. All of a sudden, he just like, got the cold shoulder and he's like, what did I do? Yeah. <laughs> what What happened in that friendship? We were really good. And now all of a sudden, you're like no longer talking to me. How, you know, it goes back to being like, you know, if someone stopped being friends with you, they have to. That's kind of your answer. But at the same time, it's like, well, they they kind of have to be vulnerable and tell you what happened. Yeah. If they want to maintain exactly. it. Yeah, like there was no closure to it. So 
maybe it's just a matter of looking at the triangle from their perspective. Maybe it wasn't an intimate friendship from their end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the hard. Part. I think that's something that's hard for us to grapple with. The um, what if we're the person who's investing all the time, but they're they just don't yeah. see it that way. Exactly. You know, it goes back to us saying earlier that friendship is so subjective. Ugh, relationships are hard. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so actually, that's a good point. Let's. <laughs> so, in conclusion, <laughs> in conclusion, friendships are hard. Don't do it. <laughs> we should all live under a rock. Um, <laughs> no, I think if you are feeling lonely during COVID, if you are looking to make friends, or maybe you're reevaluating your current friendships. I really urge you to look at the frontimacy triangle and identify how you fit on that scale, how you how your friends fit on that, um, and not just your friends, like any relationship, uh, not to just quantify it, but also to establish, you know, where you are in these friendships, where you guys stand, because, you know, it might be beneficial for your mental health. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, on a more practical level, If you are feeling lonely and, you know, you're not seeing your friends as regularly as you used to, which is definitely my case, I recommend um, going on phone walks, phone call walks. It really almost sometimes feels like you're taking a physical walk with that person. Um, Or I don't know, like set aside 30 minutes to you guys can both clean the house, for example, but like talk while you're doing it. I kind of like these like multitask kind of things because I feel like you're I don't want to say it's you're killing two birds with one stone because then just like no I think that's that's fair I think that's a hard part for us is we feel like we put all this pressure on ourselves to like give everyone your undivided attention when that's yeah. really hard in life so yes you should kill two birds with one stone you should get your fitness in and maintain those friendships you should okay. clean your home and have those discussions with your friends you can do both you're and you right. shouldn't feel shy about oh I'm sorry I didn't sit down for an hour doing nothing listening to you no yeah <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So maybe in other words, like you don't have to have a Zoom party or like a Zoom Mm. call or FaceTime call with all of your friends. It can just really still be a good old phone call. Yes. Like an audio FaceTime. Just turn the video off. I I totally agree. I think we put so much pressure on ourselves to like, how do we become a good friend? How do we do this? Like the consistency part can be so difficult. And you saying, why don't you clean your home and talk to someone at the same time? You do both. I'm like... Oh, that's that's that takes the pressure off, yeah. right? Like, it, yeah. you know, it it makes everything going for a walk and having a conversation with your friend. That's amazing because sometimes we feel like I have to be one or the other, and yeah. I don't think you should pigeonhole yourself that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, love exactly. that as as an example, and I and I hope yeah. our listeners will will try some. I'm going to try some of those things. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes it can like be, um, put out there in a different angle like you don't have to say hey i want to have a phone call with you do you want to clean at the same time you can be like hey i'm gonna clean for the next 20 minutes or like i'm gonna start cleaning at four o'clock today do you have some time so we can like catch up and like both be productive at the same time then it's kind of like yeah less pressure actually you know what just really quickly too, one of my girlfriends who who has a baby i really appreciate this because of course she's the busy one her baby was taking a nap and she just called me out of the blue she's like it took a you know i have a breather and i thought about you and i was like this is my like one hour interrupted and you know i just want to have a chat with you while she's sleeping 
I'm like, oh, I'm keep so thank you. <laughs> I felt so I'm- touched. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I also have a really close friend in Victoria who is like a super mom with two kids and is like one of the kindest people I know. And she also does the same thing. She'll be like, yeah, you know, uh, one of my kids is like down for a nap and I'm playing with the other one. But like, do you want to have like a quick, you know, phone call with us? I love that. Yeah. I love that. It is really nice. All right. Well, you know what? Again, if you have a chance, listen to Shasta Nelson's Frentimacy TED Talk or read her book, Frentimacy. We'll put that all in our show notes. And just to surmise, there are three components. Please write them down. If anyone has a pen and paper, (laughs) consistency meets positivity meets vulnerability. Creates Frentimacy. Ta-da! Uh, if you like today's subject, um, if you want to hear more about you know all the things that we talk about, definitely listen to our podcast. We thank you for listening. Rate and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Kimberly. I'm Reina, and you've been listening to Obsessed with ABGs, Aspirations, Boardrooms, and Goals. <laughs>